four ordinary guys with extraordinary ideas for Disney parks. This is Main Street Musings. The experimental podcast of tomorrow. That's right, you are listening to Main Street Musings, the experimental podcast of tomorrow. My name is Jake, and I am joined today by the Brachiosaurus. Ah! The Tannersaurus Rex. Hi there. And the Eric Dactyl. I scared myself with my noise. Yeah, I was frightened. (laughs) Yeah, it was a little intense. (laughs) Today, we are talking about dinosaurs, or more specifically, Dino Land USA in Animal Kingdom at Walt Disney World. Yeah, Dino Land, everyone's favorite part of the parks. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard nothing but great things. Yeah. You, okay. So picture a carnival rolled into town and doesn't really look like it's matched all of the uh, safety, safety standards that the theme park industry should match and also has some dinosaurs painted on it. Wow. Yep. Sign me up yesterday. And picture a roller coaster that's killed a bunch of workers because it's a death trap oh my god and and while you're at it picture uh, a bunch of rides that aren't fun okay yeah and they're all like only seasonally operational so i know how much i would pay for that <laughs> but how much how much does disney charge to get into such a place what is the uh, entrance fee to animal kingdom nowadays <laughs> oh god i don't even know what it is hundreds of dollars i'm sure oh yeah i will look up what the current animal kingdom is and while i'll add it while i'm at it i'm also gonna look up their um operating hours <laughs> also there's the dinosaur ride which is fun i'll say it yeah dinosaur ride is pretty fun the roller coaster dinosaur yeah yeah Yes. Okay, so right now, a one-day ticket to Animal Kingdom, ages 10 and up, is $115. Oh, my God. Yes. I mean, I was going to say I'd spend 500 to go see just Dino Land. <laughs> so this is a deal. This is a straight-up yeah, deal. deal. I will say this in Dino Land's defense. I think having dinosaurs in the park is a great idea. They just didn't do it justice. I also think that Dino Land itself is kind of cute, but not in comparison to the rest of Disney. If you were to see it at like a carnival, you'd be like, wow, this is actually a really cool, really nice carnival. But when you have the rest of Disney World as your backdrop, it just it really makes it look like crap. Yeah. Well, and there's something just incredibly out of the box and ambitious about the whole idea of bringing in a fake carnival that I actually really like but is uh, lost, I think, in the translation of, like you're saying, just the beauty and wonderment of everything else around you. Right, because everything is so well-themed, and then they purposely themed this thing to look not well-themed because it was Mm -hmm. supposed to be kind of like self-referential, but they took it too far, and it just looked cheap and, you know, like a Band-Aid fix, which essentially I think is what it was anyway. So, so who wants to give us the history of Dino Land? I don't know that any of us are 100% well-versed, but essentially the way it seems to be is that uh, when they were building Animal Kingdom, it was at a time where the company was making a lot of risky financial decisions, and Animal Kingdom was a very risky financial decision. They ended up having to cut out a lot of things that they wanted to put into the park, and Dino Land was, as Jake said, a Band-Aid solution 
so that they could have something there that wasn't too expensive and eventually they could replace with something else. The problem being that they still haven't replaced it with something else. For a reference, Animal Kingdom opened in 1996, April 22nd, 1996. And the, when it opened, they said, oh, this is, they said, this is just going to be temporary until we put something better in. That's my understanding. It opened a month before I was born and Dinoland has been there the entire time. Eric, I don't know. You have not been to Animal Kingdom, correct? No, I have, but it, I have exactly zero memories of uh, <laughs> Dino Land. Gotcha. So I should preface, uh, just give you a little background. When when Animal Kingdom first opened, the idea was it was going to be there was going to be three main parts of the park. The first being animals of the present. So you're going to have all the animals that currently roam the earth today. The second was going to be animals of the past, which is your dinosaurs and the third was going to be animals of fantasy they were going to call it the beastly kingdom and it was going to be an entire section of the park dedicated to fictional animals the centerpiece of which was going to be a dueling dragon roller coaster that's awesome now the dueling dragon roller coaster may sound familiar to you because after the beastly kingdom part of the park got shut down the imagineers who were in charge of that part part of the park kind of got upset and went to work for universal where they built a dueling dragons roller coaster <laughs> which i've been on and it's super cool it was super cool it's gone now yes yeah they re they replaced that with what's going to be the hagrid's uh, roller coasters thing brock that opened like a year ago yeah i was gonna say they're replacing it with what will be i think you mean what is okay yeah. in fairness uh a lot of my theme park news comes from podcast the ride and i'm two years behind on that ah <laughs> <laughs> yeah the haggard ride was a pretty big deal when it opened like a year at least yeah. a year ago <laughs> right i forgot yeah, about they, that they did, i think they did a episode on it like six months Six months ago, probably. That's so funny. No, because I just I'm so used to listening to it and they keep talking about how cool it's going to be that I I kind of forgot that that's from a different time. Time is a fabrication, Brock. Don't worry. about Yeah. It. <laughs> One of the other cool things they were going to do in the Beastly Kingdom was they planned on making a maze that uh, guests would walk through. And at one point you would encounter a unicorn and they were going to use vibrations in the ground to make it seem like the unicorn was speaking to you telepathically where you could only hear it if you were standing in this one spot and you would like hear it in your brain instead of through your ears. Wow. That sounds like an Eric pitch. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Wait. Okay, we established that an Eric pitch is something that is very good all the time. Yes, um, we did. But I, I can't tell if Brock's definition of Eric pitch is that it's stupid or if if it's too ambitious. I don't I, understand. It's, it's too I ambitious. I feel like there's two types of Eric pitches. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> one, one, and one can be more associated with Icarus. Yeah, I yeah. think risks. I think risks. I'll take that one. <laughs> so we have the we still have the animals of the present, which is represented by Asia and Africa, and then we have Pandora. And those things combined uh, make a pretty good park experience, and they really put Dino Land to shame. Yeah. So we are going to try to give our ideas of what we would put there instead. It's the part where we make a pitch. Looks like it's going to be Brock. All 
Alrighty. So for my pitch for a new sort of land of uh, Animal Kingdom, I'm taking a property that we've talked about before on the podcast uh, that's very tied into the Disney parks, which is C, the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. Now, Joe Rohde, who designed and created the Animal Kingdom, had in mind that would be it would be a park dedicated to conservation of nature and animals and the world around us, which is why uh, some experiences like Pandora might not fit necessarily animals as an idea, but it fits the concept of conservation. That's why that can fit into the park. So I was thinking we take the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, which is a turn of the century group of explorers that are canonical within a lot of the Disney parks. And we turn that into an organization that's continued to operate throughout the years and is still operating today. And now, of course, the modern scientists and explorers and adventurers are going to be people who are, in most cases, trying to protect the world around us. So that would be a perfect way to make C into a conservation group. So this would be a uh, C's hub base for conservation would be in the animal kingdom. So I was thinking we could do a few different attractions. And if we uh, vote on this pitch, I'd like some help fleshing out a couple of them. But in the big main e-ticket attraction, that would probably replace the dinosaur ride. It, it's actually kind of similar in tone and feeling and theming. So we would be searching for the rare endangered golden gorillas. Uh, that's that's kind of the premise of the ride. We'd ride around in a trackless ride system on sort of steampunky ride vehicles that almost look like they're walking through a jungle. And we would be in different groups. And because we're in a trackless ride system, each car can kind of explore its own corner of the jungle searching for these rare golden gorillas. So that's the main centerpiece ride for this attraction. And this land would be dedicated to the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, Focusing on conservation. That sounds awesome. Thanks. I cool. am thrilled about that idea. Yeah, no, I think it sounds great. Cool. Alrighty, so next up, we'll have Tanner. T. All right, so already in Animal Kingdom, we have areas themed to Africa and Asia. So I thought, what if we created a new area themed after Australia? So nice. take a trip down under to the newest addition to Animal Kingdom, Australia. The land will host a rethemed and newly tracked version of the dinosaur ride now in exploration through the wild lands of Australia, exploring the various wildlife, including the legendary bunyip lurking in the swamp. Other features of the land are a Mad Mouse-style boomerang coaster, a children's kangaroo hop ride, Aboriginal music, dance, and story performances tying into the legend of the bunyip. The unique feature of the land is a multi-level restaurant where the top floor is themed as more of like an Outback-style restaurant, not the steakhouse. And the <laughs> bottom level is going to be more like of a seafood-focused area themed at like the Great Barrier Reef. Oh, man, cool. that sounds awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Damn, guys. Why you got to show me up before I even do my pitch? <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to do my pitch now. <laughs> yeah. Well, then don't, and it's Tanner and I. <laughs> well, it looks like I'm next. So I did not do my homework in terms of the sort of oeuvre of the animal kingdom in terms of conservation and how other things can fit into that kind of thing. I just saw that they had put Avatar Land in and be like, oh, I can do anything I want because they don't <laughs> fucking care. <laughs> 
So <laughs> along with that and the comparatively disappointing experience that is the Pirates of the Caribbean ride in Florida's Magic Kingdom. Yes. I thought we could take Dino Land and turn it into Tortuga or the Caribbean setting from the Pirates movies. Tortuga could be an offshoot of that. Uh, dress everything up in cool Pirates of the Caribbean aesthetics. We would, theoretically, the the main ticket attraction would be closing the Pirates of the Caribbean in the Magic Kingdom there and re-putting it into this uh, revamped and redone with a particular emphasis on it'd be closer to a water coaster with an emphasis on like a kraken attack so that we can get kind of that an- animal feel real quick would it be called the kraken's attacking <laughs> i think it would have to be now yeah so we have the kraken's attacking as a main thing we also have our battle uh ship battle at the center of the the vortex at world's end uh, stage show as uh, as an attraction and a Tia Dalma themed restaurant is something else that I had come up with. So that's my pitch. Kind of taking out Pirates of the Caribbean from where it is in Magic Kingdom and redoing Dino Land as the Caribbean. Huh. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. I like how everybody's like, after the first two pitches, wow, that was so cool. And then after mine, they're like, oh, yeah. Well, no, so here's the thing, yeah. Eric. That is an amazing idea. And Thank I you, really Jay. love it. But I don't know if it works in Animal Kingdom. Yeah, I have some thoughts on yeah, it, we'll but I think we can get to the questions. That. Yeah. yeah. We'll get to the yeah. questions. All right. So. Anyways, Jake, take us home. On the so that leaves circle. me, um, and unfortunately, I, I basically um, just kind of, like Tanner, just thought like, oh, I'll just add another continent. But I did way less of uh, coming up with rides and stuff. <laughs> so I thought, um, what's a good place that has animals other than Africa and Asia and obviously Australia? And I thought of uh, South America, uh, where we have the rainforests and the famous Galapagos Islands, where, of course, Charles Darwin had his second voyage of the Beagle, known for its volcanoes. And obviously your animals like your giant tortoise and the legendary blue-footed booby, everybody's favorite. So I had thought to myself, it might be cool to have a ride uh, amongst the volcano theming, but it would be cool to have a ride, kind of like a tortoise ride. So I was thinking it would almost be similar to what used to be at DCA with the... uh, the caterpillar that they just got rid of in Bugsland, Heimlich's ride, but you would be like riding on tortoises. And then I also thought it might be cool to have a chairlift type ride that you would go through the jungle canopy. So you would be up high over the park and you'd be going over paths and stuff, but you would also be going through the treetops and there might be animatronics of like jaguars or stuff like that up there to look at. South America, is it's weird because we have a couple, Epcot and Animal Kingdom are both have sections that are dedicated to displaying the world at large, but neither of them acknowledges South America, which I've always found odd. That was why I chose South America, because there is no representation of it in the park. And actually, if you Google, like, what are some of the best places in the world to see animals, the South American rainforest and Galapagos Island are usually right at the top of the list. Yeah. It's the part where we do Q&A. I have a question. Tanner. Yes. You talked about the the legendary Bunyip a couple times. I am unfamiliar with the story of the yeah. Bunyip. Yeah. Okay, so the Bunyip is a crypto animal that is unique to Aboriginal folklore. And basically it's a story often used to keep 
away children from going near the water's edge. And so like in swampy areas. So the legend is that he lurks there and would attack anyone who came too close to the water's edge like that. So there are a lot of different ways that he's described. The one that I like the most aesthetically to design would be like a half dog, half seal type being. No. But he's also just connected to like all these stories of like Aboriginal like creation of the earth type stuff that I thought would be really cool to incorporate. And I like the idea of like hearing that story in multiple parts. So it's not just like an idea on the ride. Would that be like the main focus, like main mascot of the area? I think it would be the main, it'd be the main attraction of the ride, its area itself. And it would be kind of functioning like the Yeti where there would be a lot of references to it everywhere. In the area, I tried to take for my whole, like, idea the best parts of every part of Animal Kingdom that I could find. So, like, using cultural aspects like they do in Africa with the live performances and then taking some of the, like, legends and stuff that I think they do a good job of incorporating in Asia and then adding my own Australian flair to it. Cool. That's really awesome. I have a kind of a question also kind of a i feel like i i want to talk about eric's and i think just quickly before we do a vote i think we could kind of try to just think about how that would work for animal kingdom yeah exactly i I agree i mean we've got africa and asia in animal kingdom and i mean the caribbean is a very interesting vibrant ecosystem Mm -hmm. so i don't disagree that that's a really cool idea i think we theme the area around the caribbean but not exclusively about the pirates like we could certainly make that a ride but especially if we can incorporate the idea of animals and conservation into those rides that'd be really cool but as long as we're really celebrating the animals of the Caribbean, you know, you have exi- you have opportunities for sea turtles and manatees and tropical birds. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Brock, can we call your SeaWorld? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, that actually leads me into my question, which was, Brock, did you have any sp- particular already existing members of the Society of Explorers and Adventurers in mind? Or were you thinking we would create new characters? I was thinking probably new characters because I think one of the cool things about the the sea conservation idea is, I mean, you kind of have Rafiki's Planet Watch that does some of this at Animal Kingdom. So there might be some repetition, but we could actually see and teach uh, guests about modern conservation efforts. So I was okay. kind of thinking we could kind of make sea focused a little bit in practice on the modern while he- it's probably a historical sea site that they made 100 years ago, but it's still being operated today. And it's been updated and moved into the 21st century. So I think we can kind of look at the past, but also focus on the way they're doing it presently. So there might be a history with some pre-existing sea characters or even new sea characters that we would make. But there would, of course, be a modern generation of sea, sea conservationists that would be working there today. Any other questions for anybody? Jake? I guess, well done. No question. I think there are a lot of fun animals that uh, could be added to the park if we had explored South America a little bit more. And I like that both of us kind of chose something that's weirdly left out of Animal Kingdom and Epcot. Uh, I'm good on the questions, guys, if you guys want to move to the vote. Yeah? Yeah, I think I'm ready to vote. It's the part where we vote. Oh, 
I, as you all know, love the Society of Explorers and Adventurers very much. And therefore, I will be voting for Brock because that sounds awesome. Solid reasoning. I like that. How about you, Tanner? I am going to vote for Jake's pitch today. I think there's a lot to dive in there. I know he didn't bring as many specific ideas, but I think there's a lot to explore there that intrigues me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Brock? Uh, I'm going to give it to Tanner. Um, I am in love with Australia as a place and a concept, and I'd love to see that represented in the parks. Plus, it really seems, it to me, it feels like it fits in perfectly to Animal Kingdom. Oh, man. Eric is our tiebreaker. Our tiebreaker. And with no votes. Yeah. Guys. <laughs> that was me a few episodes back. So I, I've been there, man. I know how it feels. I feel like I harp too much on like not being as, as knowledgeable about like the Florida construct as you guys are. But this is this is where a lot of this comes into play, because my initial reaction to all of this was that, oh, if like theming something specifically to Australia or to South America feels like something that could be done other places. But the fact that you guys have pointed out that that is not being done in Epcot and has not successfully been done at the Animal Kingdom yet throws that into a loop. Um, oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. I think I am going to go with SeaWorld. Sea <laughs> it took me a minute. I was like, what? <laughs> Eric, that wasn't a pitch. Turns out Eric is being bribed by SeaWorld International. <laughs> yeah. So, Brock, congratulations. Thank um, you. Thank before you. we move on, I would like to say I really think that these other ideas are great. And, oh, my God, um, yes. We will be archiving them, and they will be coming up again in the future. Yeah, yes? I, I genuinely am excited about all four of these ideas, and I would do an episode on each. I'm super I super want to talk about these. Yeah, maybe so you should I, have voted for it. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, y'all fuckers, that's all, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> so I believe that will take us into um, the actual develop, developmental part of the episode. Let's develop. So let's talk about this main attraction that you got going on, Brock. Oh, okay. Uh, that is replacing the dino, the trackless golden gorilla. Yeah, so Golden Gorilla, I'm not married to. But I thought that the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, you know, they're the old-timey, well, originally the old-timey turn-of-the-century explorers, and they're always off in search of ancient treasures and magical artifacts and silly, fun, weird things uh, tucked away into strange corners of the world. And I thought, I like, a fun, iconic animal that doesn't actually exist in nature as like the target of our conservation efforts would be really neat. So I kind of invented this idea of a golden gorilla. I am open to a different animal if that's something anyone else would want or like maybe another mythical creature. I just felt if we're going for the idea of like a very endangered animal, we might want not want to make that true to life because endangered animals sometimes go extinct and that'll look kind of bad in the parks if we're like yeah let's go rescue the extinct panda and yeah. we all know that there are no more <laughs> or whatever but right yeah i i have to agree with that and that being said i really do like the idea of a golden gorilla i'm, I'm picturing you know a gorilla with like blonde colored hair yeah uh, i did google golden gorilla just now apparently there is a little known band named golden gorilla and a, <laughs> a strain of medicinal marijuana that is called golden gorilla well yeah i was um, sitting here smoking the golden gorilla <laughs> while listening and golden the gorilla. idea came to me 
but it's other than that, yeah, I could not find any references to Golden Gorilla. So I, when you say Golden Gorilla, that was I just pictured like oh, like a blonde gorilla that's rare and it lives in the mountains or whatever. Yeah. I, that sounded really cool to me. So I, I thought it would be fun if we explain that there's a reason that we've never gotten there is because humans haven't been able to get there on foot. It's, it's in this jungle that's hidden in a strange part of the mountain region of the Himalayas that houses a jungle and, you know, just kind of explain that it's this crazy place we've never been able to reach but the gorillas there are in danger and there's a problem that we have to save them from it'll be a little bit like the dinosaur ride which currently is we got to save this animal before all the dinosaurs go extinct except it feels a little less like playing god and more like helping out sure yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. we're Um, not time traveling yeah and so i figured if the society would suggest time traveling as a pitch come on what a weirdo Yeah, the Time Traveling Society of Explorers and Adventurers. Yeah, what the heck? But I was thinking that would be really fun because the Society of Explorers and Adventurers may, because they can't, normal humans couldn't get there. They designed this crazy vehicle, and that's the ride vehicle that we're riding in. And I think it'd be cool to have a trackless ride vehicle. Maybe it kind of resembles like a big steampunk gorilla robot, like, and it walks and it climbs and just this would all be like stuff on the outside of the vehicle that probably wouldn't do stuff, but it would look like it's doing all this crazy stuff. And then the ride vehicles are exploring a jungle. And I like the steampunk aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I think it's I think Golden Gorilla really pops out at me as a as a moment as like a really cool, distinct, unique thing for this. I really like it. And I agree with your assessment that it needs to be fictionalized and not like a real endangered species. Well, and I I like to the Golden Gorilla is fictionalized, but it's not like fictionalized like um, Klimpaloon, the magical old timey bathing (laughs) suit that lives in the Himalayas. It's fictionalized enough that I legitimately Googled it to be like, wait, are Golden Gorillas a real thing? Yeah, I had to because I well. could totally picture them. Like it, it sounds real. Yeah, I get a lot of George of the Jungle vibes off of that. Yes, me too. And I was I'm picturing like, that mountain that looks like a gorilla's head from George of the Jungle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I just think about how good Brendan Fraser looks in that movie. Yeah, well, and yeah. How, like awkwardly important that was to my own sexual development. <laughs> To all of us, buddy. To all of us. Does anyone else have any thoughts on that ride? I think it's cool. I think it's a, a great centerpiece attraction. Cool. So cool. what what other things, what's our, our our next tier level? This I was hoping to get at? some help. What are some examples of like an A tier attraction that we could then morph into this idea? Well, I think the most helpful way to do this would be kind of to compare it to the things that are there now. Okay. So kind of the sea level idea there would probably be the primeval world roller coaster that is there would probably be your next level it's not as animatronic heavy as the big ride the golden gorilla ride would be and then you'll have kind of like your flat ride like your i think right now it's just a dumbo clone like the tri called like the triceratops spin is there yeah so coming up with maybe like a flat ride type idea and then like a roller coaster or other sort of similar 
type thing would be, mm-hmm. I think, a good idea. One thing I, I kind of I'm trying to think about also is different styles, different ways uh, in which conservation is performed in reality. And maybe we can try to like connect that to a ride type because I'm trying to think, you know, there's plant and water are areas that the other one wouldn't really touch on trying to conserve. So maybe like a river ride could be a good sea ticket. I mean, if you want an educational walkthrough of the horrors of the world's current water crisis, I can definitely help you brainstorm for that. I'm not sure that that's what I said with my mouth. Uh, but I think that's cool. I think, and also because we're with sea, we can go a lot of different places mm-hmm. um, doing like maybe like a sea level sort of spin through the Antarctic and use yeah. that oh, to talk cool. about yeah. the ice caps melting. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. And OK, not to. Well, I'm going to do it. As we often do on this podcast, I'm going to compare Disney World to Detroit, Michigan. Do it. We could <laughs> definitely take it. some cues from the Detroit Zoo, who recently redid their Penguinarium. And it's now this enormous, state-of-the-art, really well-designed building that houses their penguins. And I think kind of taking that and also the concept of the living with the land boat ride in Epcot and kind of making it so you're on this river ride talking about conservation in the Antarctic, but that would also be a place where you could view penguins and things like that. Oh yeah, like real yeah, animals, be a lot of fun. which is a big that part be, of the which is a big part neat. of the Animal Kingdom ride, and that could be. A and movie. I don't know that there are any penguins in Animal Kingdom. I don't now. believe that there I don't are. Think there are. I actually don't think there's much of an aquarium style. The the seas in Epcot. Yeah, I meant in Animal Kingdom though. Oh oh oh, gotcha. Yeah, yes. I don't think there's much aquarium stuff in Animal Kingdom. No. So having that where you can view, you know seals and penguins uh yeah, i think yeah. that'd be a really cool sea attraction yes i think yeah. that i think that'd be cool and i also going along with that idea i think incorporating some of what jake was talking about and taking the amazon and making it a location here that we can also talk about like deforestation somewhere well mm-hmm. i think though that the cali river rapids in animal kingdom yeah. i think talks a lot about deforestation oh, yeah already. yeah I, I believe you're right i i yeah. have only ridden that once back in yeah, like 04 because I don't like having to walk around the park with wet underwear all day. Yep. <laughs> so I don't usually go on that ride. <laughs> yeah, I think I've ridden it once right before we were le- going to leave the park. Yeah, yeah that's kind of the way you got to do that. But I do remember there being like defe- deforestation type. I think, was yeah, kind of the theme of it. The deforestation so. has led to erosion, which have created these dangerous rapids. Okay, no, that totally works. Yeah, I mean, that was just a, a spitball idea. That's what I am, guys. I'm a spitball ideas kind of guy. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Speaking of wild hair ideas that jumped to my head uh, when we talk about like aquarium stuff, which I, I think, uh, I mean, we can set in stone the sea level attraction in a second but like when i think like the the flat ride like the dumbo clone or whatever like building a building like around it and uh setting that in like because again sea gives us just like this really cool exploratory rain and like making it like the marianas trench or something like that and talking about like the cool uh, exotic wildlife that exists in the only parts of the planet that, you know, we as humans can't get to, I think would be kind of fun, too. Ooh, you know what would be fun? A restaurant at the bottom of the Marianas Trench. Yeah, that would be cool. As a theme. Yeah, that would be fun. Because that's... Yeah, I think think restaurant might work better. Yeah, that's something that stays in the concept of sea, 
but also makes it fun and out of this world in a way that we couldn't normally do. Yeah, like a rainforest cafe style, but at the bottom of the Marianas Trench. Yeah. So yeah. we haven't seen it yet, but I'm sur- sure you could um, incorporate some of the uh, the same technology they use at the, the new Epcot restaurant that will be opening. The space, uh, one. The space one. Space yeah, the 54 one that, the or one something? That, yeah, space something. It's a number. The one ba- uh, themed around the ISS. Yeah. 69. <laughs> That's yeah. probably it, Eric. You you hit the nail on the head there. Space <laughs> two twenty restaurant at Epcot. Yes, thank you, Tanner. Why, why do you guys just ruin my fun every time? For so <laughs> it's not sixty nine, Eric. Here's the actual number. <laughs> why, why do you hey, do Tanner. That? Tanner, do you know what the uh, operating hours of that restaurant will be? <laughs> Uh, I know it's not open yet. Park hours. Don't worry, you can make your way to the Hades Lounge after it closes. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Let's move on with our pitch here. Yeah. So we've got a restaurant. We've got two rides. Yeah. Let's focus on maybe like a small flat ride. That would be cool. We could do a flat ride. We could do a, sh- a Benny show too. Ooh, a show. Would this oeuvre be a good place to put our Adam and Molly Q show? Um, I think Adam and Molly Q would probably be better in Epcot. Yeah, or Tomorrowland. Or Tomorrowland. Yeah. Okay. I think that's probably okay. more fitting, but I was thinking something similar would be good for a show. You can do a lot of different things, make a couple new characters who are conservationists, you know, in the pith helmet and the big silly pants and kind of make them like old school explorers, but they're teaching us about animal conservation and then, you know, slapstick humor and things like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's all. Yeah, that would be neat. So you're thinking like Streetmosphere, you said, Brock, kind of a thing? Yeah, maybe. Uh, I think it could be one of those, yeah, where it's, there's, they... Like in the in Adventureland near Pirates of the Caribbean, there's like a weird little stage, and sometimes pirates will come out and do a thing there and then leave. Where something right, like that, right. where it's just this place that's slightly set aside from the path, and then they'll come and they'll do their little show and they'll leave. So for a flat ride, though, I was wondering if there was something we could do with like alternative energy, either uh, water powered or wind powered, like some that. sort of ride. Uh, maybe something like a more intense version of the Dumbo thing, like the Zephyr vehicles from DCA for like wind power. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I was thinking something where like you can capture the wind to like turn and move your vehicle almost oh yeah to kind of under explain as a like way for kids to kind of understand how that technology would work and how the energy of like capturing the wind spins it oh that's that's cool capture it the other way it goes the other way you can have sort of okay i'm picturing kind of cars on a track Mm -hmm. that are going around and around but the cars can drift left to right they're all one in front of another so they can't crash into each other but the cars can drift left and right and there's like a sail on the car that the kids can steer and that'll change which way they're going Mm mm-hmm just oh, neat. To kind of keep that envision, so they can envision the way wind is caught. Yeah, I think there is a ride like that where you can kind of control it if you go out or back in. To me, yeah, and you can kind of like because I remember going on it with Dad 
we went on a ride like that somewhere with dad and the guy yelled at him because he kept like going out really far and then he'd shoot back in really fast. But like, what else are you going to well, do? Now that, that I'm ride? thinking about it, I think there's yeah. one at Michigan's adventure. That's kind of similar to this. That's like in the air, you're almost in like a plane type thing and you move the sail like to spin yourself out further and in. So you okay. something there any way like we can combine this with bumper cool. cars. I need a good bumper cars attraction in my life. No, yeah, no, I like bumper cars. I'm thinking Eric, you didn't brain. want us to, dunk on you anymore <laughs> the silence is so much worse honestly i don't <laughs> than the dunking it's because it's emotional dunking at that point <laughs> just the complete just like oh just the being ignored don't feel bad for him he had to shave at eight he had a lot of other i was just gonna going say on. i was picturing little eight-year-old eric standing there with a full beard <laughs> Okay, yeah, so something where the, the wind powers vehicles, I think that's I think that's really cool. I agree, um, yeah. We don't, we don't have, have to do bumper cars. I just, I just like, like ramming into people. I think another another fun element is that we could talk about is the animals. That's something that's unique to this park. And again, to compare Disney World to Detroit, Michigan, the Detroit Zoo, a lot of its major animals are, have been rescued from places within the United States where they weren't being treated well. And I know that's true of a lot of the animals at Animal Kingdom. And so I think it'd be yes. really interesting to kind of lean into that and maybe tell a bit of their stories, each of the animals. Not necessarily to be horrifying, <laughs> but like, hey, we saved this animal from this and we saved this animal from this. And then people who are there can see uh, conservation and act in action and how animals can be saved from bad situations. Yeah, nothing says fun like making your kid learn about dog fights. Well, like I said, <laughs> we'll try to... We'll try to not make it too disturbing, but I don't know. I thought that was an idea. I guess not. So we have four basic attractions, three, three attractions and a restaurant. Yeah. And a s small stage show. I would, stage I show. would like to pitch a second restaurant that kind of it's it's just a brief. I love that old school sea aesthetic. So maybe it's like where their old headquarter building used to be. So it's kind of got that old school turn of the century adventure can we bring just bring back the Adventurers Club? I would do location. that in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, that, that will always be my suggestion for any park, anytime, anywhere. Can we just shove that in there as a second restaurant? I mean, sure. <laughs> I'm not going to argue against it. I think we have a solid little land. I think we do, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Brock, how are you feeling about it? I'm feeling pumped. I'm, cool, man. I really want to go visit, and I will be sad when I can't. Well, boys, uh, I think we did good. Are uh, we ready for some uh, some lightning round action? Oh, yes, we are. I'm as ready Let's as I'm going to be. Let's do it. It's the lightning round. We need to theme a restaurant to fit Emperor's new groove. Ooh, let me go first. No. We let fate decide. Wait, hang on, hang on. I would like to preface this by saying nobody is allowed to just pitch the restaurant from the movie. Damn it. Because that's cheating. And we can all agree that we would want that restaurant in the parks. Except maybe Eric doesn't agree. I don't know. Yeah, Eric hates Emperor's new groove and didn't vote for my idea earlier because of his scarring i don't hate it i just i don't love it you're wrong you uh, just don't love me you're wrong okay okay see that's the attitude that makes me not love it yeah well no i i'm sorry i wasn't actually even talking about this i just need you to know that in all elements of your <laughs> life you've made the wrong choice 
That's good. It's <laughs> convenient because I'm first up in the lightning round today. Yeah, all right. Uh, um, Take us away, Eric. Three, two, one. All right, so our restaurant is going to be more of a bar slash restaurant, and it's going to be Yzma's Apothecary, where Ooh. they uh, sell up some fancy looking drinks. It's gonna, uh, it's a sm- sm- smoothie slash alcohol bar. We're gonna call it. Eh, f- screw the alcohol. We don't need alcohol. Yeah. Uh, smoothie bar. Yzma's Apothecary that does a lot of really cool, funky looking contraptions with different fruity flavors and some wild uh, minty flavors and all kinds of stuff. That's my pitch. Dope. I love that's that. That's awesome. Idea, I love me some smoothies. That's great. I love that. And they can come in the little bottles like that her potions are in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, I think that might be my best pitch ever. <laughs> For a movie you don't even like. <laughs> For a movie I don't even like in a lightning round. <laughs> so, All right, who's next? Next up, we have Brock. All right. So, what this is, is this is going to be themed after the Golden Palace of Cusco. Um, it's this. A striking visual from the movie, that giant palace that's like in the shape of an old Incan face. Uh, We can serve a lot of really cool South American food that you probably wouldn't get elsewhere. Um, And I think it would be really gorgeous to have this beautiful Incan design mixed with the sensibilities of Emperor's New Groove. So it is, would it be South American or would it be Central American? It's Peru, so... Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess you're right. Two dizzle. All right. So my pitch is for a new restaurant just called Cusco Land. We are going to ignore everything else from the movie except for Cusco, who has created a new restaurant just in his image. It functions almost as a Chuck E. Cheese, but everything is Cusco themed. There are Cusco animatronics. There are Cusco. All the waiters are dressed like Cusco. Everything is Cusco. The end. Amazing. <laughs> Wow. I kind of like that, and that is totally <laughs> something he would do. Yeah. Well, doesn't he plan on making a water park called Cusco-topia? Yes. yes. That yes, was my does. inspiration. On Pacha's house. <laughs> yeah. All right, we got Jake. All right. So I am going to start now. So I am going to do Kronk's Kitchen because Kronk loves to cook, and at the party where he's supposed to kill Cusco, it's Kronk that's doing the cooking. So in Kronk's Maybe, no, I was going to say Kronk's Crazy Kitchen, but that <laughs> is bad. So just Kronk's Kitchen. Um, and I am losing my train of thought here rapidly because of that. <laughs> Somebody help me out. Kronk's Kitchen, he makes the food. It's fun and games and Disney, and that's my pitch. <laughs> oh. At first, Jake really made me feel bad because he really took the obvious fruit that was laying there. Yeah, I was like, man, what a good Kronk. idea. And then he made it really unsavory for a little bit. <laughs> see, I don't see what the problem with calling a restaurant the KCK is. And don't forget to vote on our Twitter polls for which lightning round attraction you'd like to see us come back to at a later date. Kronk's <laughs> Kitchen, people. Wouldn't it be fun to go to a kitchen run by Kronk? Uh, well, I'd love to end this episode. Episode, but I can't seem to find my social medias. Oh, darn it, Jake, you stole the Facebook, didn't you? Oh, it's right here. Facebook.com slash Main Street Musings. And Tanner, what are you doing with that Instagram? You don't even want to know, but it's Main underscore Street underscore Musings. And Eric, get your hands off that Twitter. I don't get my hands off of anything. That's at MSM underscore podcast. And I'm Brock. 
Everyone, make sure to rate and review us and have an excellent day. Bye. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. That was our Dinoland episode. Thanks for listening. See ya. Bye. We are sad that this won't happen. Yeah. Yeah.